quick intro because there is a long convo to follow. Some good news and then a little bit of annoying news. Good news first, I have four spots left for my Chiron tier on Patreon. So these are people that receive monthly phone calls with me. Can talk about your astrology, your human design, the concepts of astrology and human design in general, spirituality, whatever is on your mind that needs processing. Check out my website or Patreon for more info on that. And I have one spot left for my Neptune Patreon tier. And this is for three people total, one remaining for a monthly Zoom call, which can be any of the aforementioned topics, but a little more time to go in depth and those sessions get recorded and their video versus phone another heads up i have a workshop this weekend if you're listening close to when the episode is coming out the workshop is going to be the astrology of why we feel stuck and how to exist considering it's this sunday december 19th at noon pacific 3 p.m eastern and there's lots more info on my website for that Jupiter tier patrons get access included and everyone else can register on my site sliding scale and then more good news podcast specific is that my dear friend and soul fam Aaliyah is my Scorpio guest and they are a deeply magical person because we light up each other's 12th houses, conversations with them tend to get pretty galactic. So there's some of that here. The conversation sort of feels like someone's holding your hand and taking you to the depths in a way that really can only happen when that Scorpio energy is present. So the good news is it's, it's deep, it's rich, it's watery, as you might expect. The annoying news is there was something wrong with my microphone and I didn't realize it until the end. So my legit mic was maybe not even working because it really just sounds like it's straight computer mic. It's pretty bad. Or I had my legit mic on a shitty setting. So sorry once again for the imperfect sound. Uh, One day I'll get the hang of it. All right. Enjoy the conversation. Stay tuned for the Scorpio song demo at the end. It's one of mine and Budway's favorites of the entire project thus far. And as always, thank you to Budway for instrumental and production magic. Love y'all. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to A Conversation with Scorpio. It is Friday, November 19th, 2021. It's exactly 4.30 p.m. I'm in Henderson, Nevada, so that's 4.30 Pacific time. It's 6.30 Central time where today's Scorpio guest Aaliyah is in Austin, Texas, and we both have Taurus rising at the moment which puts our Scorpio sun very near the descendant, which I think is kind of cool. Actually, it's 27 degrees Scorpio sun setting where I am, which feels appropriate for the Scorpio episode. Welcome, Aaliyah. Thank you for joining me. You can answer in as many or as few words as you like the question, who are you? Great question. I am Aaliyah, Aaliyah Walston. 
I am a Scorpio. That's one of the things I am. I have a Taurus moon and a Capricorn rising. I am a mystic. I'm a Christ consciousness channel. I am an emotional alchemist. I'm very Plutonian. I'm pretty weird. <laughs> I'm sleepy. I'm a lot of things, but I like to think of myself as someone that approaches life with a lot of intention and that seeks to, you know, look beyond the surface in an intentional manner with like the hope to be ecstatically transformed in the end. And so through that, I spend a lot of my time as like a daydreamer, as someone that communes with spirit regularly all day. And in my work, I basically, I work with, with love, love consciousness. So that includes like teaching and working with clients as a tarot reader, astrologer, and mystic. And I also like work with animals. I'm like a pet sitter <laughs> too. So I'm someone that is very invested in love and is trying to figure out, is trying to make it work on this planet and in this body. I feel like we could just end it right there. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was so much Scorpio that was channeled through that introduction. You know, it's, it's what I do. <laughs> I want to say also that we're sitting in the dark, like Aaliyah's in the dark, actually. The sun, like I said, is setting where I am, but I don't have any lights on. So it's getting dark and we both lit some candles before we hit record and we're not even looking at each other. Like normally I, we're recording video as well and we're not. So it just feels very, everything just feels like, I, I feel like I'm already like descending into the, the dark as we speak. And I can, as I was listening to you introduce yourself, I was like, just, I can just feel like the presence of spirit really intensely right now. So I just wanted to, to mention that Beautiful. to uh, describe the vibe. <laughs> and how are you? like today or this week or bigger picture, whatever you feel like answering. Um, so today is an eclipse. Did you mention that already? I can't remember. Um, so I didn't know, but yeah, I was actually thinking about that last night because we weren't sure if we were going to record last night or tonight. And I was like laying on my couch, looking out the window at the full moon that was soon to be eclipsed, thinking that it would be, it would have been really intense to record as the eclipse was approaching I kind of feel glad that we're doing it on the other side but like yeah it was this morning so we're within you know 15 hours of a eclipse a lunar eclipse yeah. in the Scorpio Taurus axis mm -hmm. yeah and so I feel like I, I'm feeling like I'm moving through an eclipse in ways that are both really great and ways that are like okay this is this is a lot <laughs> but overall today and I think like this is part of what has been coming through for me around the eclipse I feel like reborn in some ways and I feel a heightened sense of focus but pre prior to today there was like a lot of emotional muck coming up but I also I know that I would not be where I am right now if I if all that emotional muck hadn't come up so I feel like I'm moving through a, 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 a lunar eclipse in Scorpio and Taurus so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been feeling pretty good all week, which I've been like, you know, knocking on wood every time I say that because, you know, eclipses, they can catch you off guard, like the shit that comes through sometimes, but I've been kind of chalking it up to like 
the eclipse axis that we're saying goodbye to is one that's been really intense for me. And so for me, I feel like there's just something, there is renewal. Like I feel the renewal energy of the Scorpio Taurus axis personally, for sure. But it's almost like double renewal energy because it's like, we're, there's a big trajectory shift happening like cosmically right now with the handover from the gem Sag eclipses to the Taurus Scorpio ones. Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially refreshing for me because the previous one was like, so intense so there's yeah something is feeling like really light to me um about this transition like I haven't felt this like renewed and optimistic in honestly years I think as I have this past like week that's awesome yeah so I don't know (laughs) sorry to the fixies that might not (laughs) no the only thing (laughs) the only thing I was thinking about was like okay so you're a Sag rising, you have your Mars and Gemini, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you're getting a break and it's, it's turning up for me. That was what I was Right. Exactly. About. Like <laughs> for me, it's, this one has been everything. Like it's been nodes in my first and seventh house square, my natal nodes and hitting my moon and my Mars and my Jupiter, which rules like all of my b- most basic placements. So it's just been like a lot and, you know, it's cool. I can't remember who I was talking to the other night. I've been doing so many like student and patron and ascendant assemblies calls and stuff, but I'm just like saying the same shit in 50 places. So I don't know where this was directed to, but maybe it was even just a client. I don't know. I like was telling someone how painful this nodal transit has been for me, but at the same time, how, when I look back, I mean, I have just complete, my like life circumstances have completely transformed for the better in the time that I've been going through this difficult nodal transit. And like, I like, can't believe honestly, how much more aligned I am in terms of what my like daily life looks like and the kind of work I want to do. Like, it's just wild. I've, it just feels like, holy shit, I've arrived and I'm so much more in alignment, which really through all the maleficence of the nodes and the eclipses, like that's what it is that they're trying to do for us is flush out what's not aligned and like knock us into karmic alignment. It it is painful often, but that's the whole point, you know? So as much as as the, the nodes and eclipses tend to be considered malefic, it's also like for a reason, you know, for a a soul centered reason, which is very Mm -hmm. similar to, I think the energy of Scorpio. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it dredges it up so it can be cleared out. Mm -hmm. I think it's very Mm -hmm. polite of uh, the Scorpio Taurus axis to give us a little preview at the end of the year before it really begins next Mm -hmm. year too. (laughs) Yeah, it is polite. I like that word for it. (laughs) It's a little taste, y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is your relationship to astrology? I am an astrologer. <laughs> I read natal charts. I'm mostly informed by evolutionary and humanistic uh, astrology. I am mostly self-taught. I've never taken any like kind of astrology courses, but I learn a lot from colleagues and friends and. Yeah, I've always like kind of, I think my relationship with astrology, like my dad was an amateur astrologer. And so he always had like books around. And when I was a kid, I read this, yeah, this book that described, 
you know, this book is from like probably the seventies or the sixties or something. And it described like the Scorpio man, the Scorpion, Scorpio woman and the Scorpio child. And, you know, and they did that for every sign. And I read the description for Scorpio as a kid. I don't don't remember how old I was, but it just felt so, so fucking resonant. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) like this is it. Like I, I get, I get being a Scorpio. I love being a Scorpio. And it just like, so I'm saying all that to say astrology has always been part of like the background of my life. And it's only in the last five years or so that it, that I've taken it into like a real kind of course of study and service for myself. Mm. Such a common relationship to astrology that I think a lot of, at least the, the people in my life who are water signs have experienced where it's just kind of like always been there in the background versus like my fiery ass most definitely got lit on fire at a particular moment in time and like completely transformed by it yeah my my deepening with my relationship with it was much more fiery though because it happened around my Saturn return and the 12th house in Sagittarius Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like as soon as I like figured like since I got my birth time it was like it like it all made sense it all like it all fell into mm-hmm. place whether or not mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't really read the natal chart at the beginning of course but like everything just suddenly just clicked mm-hmm. so yeah you know something I've been thinking about a lot this is a little bit off topic but whatever is that you know the Saturn return is a huge transit for everyone but when you're ruled by Saturn So AKA Mm -hmm. Capricorn and Aquarius risings, like, or even if you just have a lot of placements in those signs, you know, the Saturn return is like this concretizing moment, but when you're ruled by it or when Saturn rules over a lot in your chart, it's like, it's concretizing your entire being, like your entire existence, you know? Yeah. It completely and utterly changed my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) in every Mm -hmm. way, basically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm. Love it. So yeah, we're going to dig into Scorpio tonight. It's going to be interesting. This is the second water sign convo. And I was telling Aaliyah before we got started that as much as I love the cancer episode and like, I don't understand quite how or why this happened, but the cancer episode has like 150 more listens than any of the other ones. So I'm assuming that means other people have enjoyed it as well. As much as I love it, I like in some ways it's my worst one because I just talk so much and hardly like give Budway the space to get in. Who's the cancer guest. And just thinking about that, like there's just something weird and hard about trying to have conversations about the water elements. Cause they're the, the least tangible, the least articulable, maybe not the least tangible because air is pretty intangible, but air is very articulable because it's all about articulating <laughs> And water is like all about intuitive, sensed, felt. So it can be pretty challenging to get into words. But at the same time, you know, this isn't a conversation about Scorpio. I mean, it is, but it's not called that. It's a conversation with Scorpio. And one of the, you know, one of the intentions of this series and one of, and I think this has been happening in a really beautiful way throughout is it doesn't really matter what we're talking about and it doesn't really matter where we end up going with the actual verbal conversation. Like the energy of Scorpio is going to come through one way or another because we are 
I, I am conversing with actual Scorpio incarnate. And I feel like that, I don't know. I just, it, it already feels so present to me for the reasons I said before, like we're in the dark, it's Scorpio season, the sun has set, but also just like, you know, you just ooze Scorpio <laughs> every time you speak, like your introduction was poster child Scorpio. Anyways, okay. So I like to kind of mention our synastry at the top two. Aries and Scorpio don't aspect each other. So as far as our sign, our sun signs go, these are two signs that they do have some stuff in common with their co-Mars rulership. And we'll talk about that, but um, they don't see each other in the chart. They don't oppose, square, trine, or sextile each other. No major aspect. So it's in conjunct, I, I believe, is the language used in traditional astrology. And then I don't use minor aspects. Do you, Aaliyah? I, I guess they're like quincunks. Is that right? Yeah, they are. Um, and I don't really use the minor aspects. No. Yeah. Another thing about our synastry that I have always thought was interesting since we started getting close is we, we exist pretty in, like intensely and majorly in each other's 12th houses because as a Sag rising, Scorpio is my 12th house. So it's just, maybe we'll talk about that. That'll come up, I'm sure, later. My experience of Scorpio specific to it being in my 12th, but Aaliyah has Sun, Midheaven, and Pluto all in Scorpio. So like, especially Sun and Midheaven, just like pretty core components of who you are and how you show up in the world are in my 12th of Scorpio. And then I have ascendant and moon in Sag, which is Aaliyah as a cap rising's 12th house. So it's just like our relationship is very 12th housey, which I feel, do you feel that? Yeah, I feel like we definitely bring, like, I don't know, we bring to consciousness to things that were quiet that run quietly in the background within mm -hmm. ourselves you know mm -hmm. and, it, and it's but it's interesting because it happens in such a way that it doesn't feel difficult even if we don't always like agree on stuff or whatever it just like flows very easily and I don't even think there's like that much stuff that we like totally disagree on but just like the way we get places are is different you know but mm -hmm. it always feels like we're flowing towards something and like meeting somewhere, which feels like a very 12th house kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it brings up like some of our other major synastry too, is the Aries Libra opposition. Cause you're mm -hmm. pretty, you're pretty in Libra, South node, Mars and Mercury. And then, and you have Jupiter North node and Aries. So you're, you're in both, but like on a, as far as our conversations go, you're certainly you know, pulling in the Libra energy and I'm pulling in the Aries and specifically like our Mercury's opposite. So it is interesting, like the actual ease of conversation is not always super present. Like we, I feel like we both, or at least I feel like I stumble with language sometimes in conversation with you. Like I, I struggle to get the right words out, but I agree there is this like background softness that we're like always kind of dancing toward. I'm curious to see how it goes on this convo because I know whenever you and I talk on the phone, it's usually a couple hours. And, yeah, like at least, honestly. Right, but it's like the beginning, like it takes us a while to get down there, you know? Like it takes <laughs> yeah. us like, which is maybe why it was good that we started talking like a half an hour before we started <laughs> yeah. recording. But like, like it almost feels like when I think about us living in each other's 12th house, it feels like, every time we talk, we eventually get to 
conversation about how we are eternal souls and or aliens, you know, galactic mm-hmm. beings, other dimensional beings having this human experience, which feels very 12th housey, but like we can never go right there. Like it always starts with like really basic, you know, third dimension shit. And it like, I don't know, there's just something, there's something very interesting to me about that, that like it takes a little working through and like adjusting and squirming around in order to get there. But then it always feels like a like breath of release when we arrive there and we're just like, oh yeah, we're God. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, as you said, it's that Mercury uh, opposition that we have. It's just like, we just got to find our way to the middle. You know, we just got to find our way to the meeting point at, at least, mm-hmm. even if it's not the middle, you know? Um, yeah. It's like, and our, once we're there, our... it's a wrap, you know? Yeah. We're like, all right, cool. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> figured it out um yeah it feels like it's like our souls are very aligned but our human forms like aren't very always different. Yeah, like we bump just... we bump up against each other and so it's like we just have to get to the point in the conversation where the humans are like muted a little bit and the souls are <laughs> turned up yeah sure. uh, i kind of feel like talking about how we met it's not necessarily like a super fun story, but I don't know. I just feel like sharing it. So I'm going yeah, to, um, or do you want to, no, I always please. talk, I always talk first. So I'm like, how would Aaliyah tell the story? I don't even know. I, I want to hear um, this. I was thinking, I want to hear how you tell the story. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm like, I shouldn't even have called it a story. Cause I don't know if it's really much of a story. It only has like one act, but I used to, I used to teach music. That used to be my life. And actually, side note, this nodal transit has been my portal, like fully out of that. Like I started it just having left teaching finally, and I'm ending it like I'm fully in the work I'm doing now. Anyways, um, time is weird. Yeah. Right. I know it's been it doesn't feel long as fuck. It's only been like, (laughs) well, I know the nodes were still in cap cancer cap when I called Natalie Shammy. Shout out to Miss Shammy to tell her I wasn't returning. So it was like the end, it was like one of the last eclipses of Cancer Cap that I like officially left teaching for the last time. Anyways, I used to be a teacher. I taught full-time high school music. Then I quit teaching and then I came back part-time to teaching at Chicago High School for the Arts, which is where I met Aaliyah. And I think it must've been towards the end of my first year there. So we were working in the same building three days a week without having met each other for almost a whole school year. Right. I never really thought about that Mm -hmm. part of it, but that's true. And then I was going to take on a, gosh, this was just a funny little chapter of my life. I taught summer camp, like choir summer (laughs) camp for middle schoolers and shy arts. I like cannot believe that I did that. Oh God. I've died so many times in the last few years. And Aaliyah was the person that was interviewing me for the position. Actually, this is wild because it's exactly what we were just describing about how our conversations (laughs) go, right? Like we had this, like, we had like a normal, like interview experience, which is like, I don't know, just knowing how we know each other now and how close we are now. It's so funny to think back that like we met as strangers and you asked me interview questions. So it was like this whole, I don't know, it was short, maybe like 10 minutes, you know, of back and forth of classic interview questions. And then at the end, we were just like, okay, cool. And then as we were leaving, I guess the whole time we were probably looking at each other's tattoos, 
Mm -hmm. And is it the um, flower of life that we both have a version of? I have the seed of life. Okay. I have the flower of life. Yeah, yeah. We both have similar sacred geometry tattoos. And then Aaliyah also has like a the tarot looking cup. Um, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have such a bad memory as far as like <laughs> sensory details go. And so we like went through the whole interview. And then when it was officially over, it was like we were able to, it felt kind of like, or at least in the context of having just talked about what conversations between us feel like, it felt like we got to the end of the interview and we both sort of like took the masks off and we're like okay so you're into this shit I'm into this shit are you into tarot and astrology oh cool me too and then we um followed each other I think on Instagram and then very quickly from there just became like healing arts buddies and you came into inner sense and started teaching tarot there I don't know it all felt very quick after that yeah Um, I remember you didn't have a physical space at the time but you gave me like a card for innocence um at that time and I'm also trying to remember like if my boss at the time specifically told me to reach out to you or if you like knew about the position um and reached out to me for the interview and it doesn't really matter but it just would have added that an extra element of like fate of like my boss was like oh you should reach out to Kelsey (laughs) to Richie because because he might have I just like don't remember yeah I mean it definitely is faded for sure I I can't remember either I think it was like Natalie was like Kelsey do you want to teach the choir summer camp Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't know maybe and I think she must have connected us via email or something um but you know either way it was not like either of us sought each other out it was definitely like a faded meeting for sure yeah pretty wild yeah and it's yeah I've already said it but just to hammer it home and say it to its death like I always do thank you to my Sag placements it's just really interesting to me to have just described the nature of our connections and conversation I wasn't realizing how much it was like it's totally a mirror of that first 20 minutes of us meeting (laughs) And being like, it was like we were pretending in our human suits. And then we were like, okay, but wait, you're God, right? Cool. Me too. Yeah. So I honestly, a lot of times I forget that that's how we know each other, you know, because it's just from shy arts. Yeah. From yeah. Human shit. <laughs> yeah. From the last time we both had like a quote, normal job. Yep. 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 So we've, we've been sort of like, uh, accompanying each other out of our human suits. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, that's very 12th house too. Like us marrying each other's 12th houses. Um, mm-hmm. mm, mm, mm. Good stuff. Truly. Okay. So I always like to introduce the signs like from a patterny place. My brain is very patterny in general as if anyone's listened to this whole series, you know this, like I get to the kind of watery felt intuitive place through going through a very patterny sort of mathematical process. And some of the stuff that I think about first with Scorpio is like, of course it's fixed water. So I want to get into that a little bit. It's the polarity to Taurus. I always think understanding the signs in their opposition is really like the only way to get the whole picture. It's the second water sign. So I definitely want to touch on what is Scorpio bringing to the element of water and to our awareness and experience of the water element through its like second layer, through this added layer of water. 
And then I want to talk about the Aries Mars stuff a little bit too, like them sharing the or Aries Scorpio stuff, them sharing Mars as a ruler and just like how we see and understand and experience the difference of both being ruled by Mars, but in these like really different ways, Cardinal Fire Mars and Fixed Water Scorpio. So I can pick one of those and start us in, but let me just give you a chance. Is there any any piece of that that you're feeling called to speak to first? Lead the way, Kels. Okay, cool. I'm just so like self-conscious about how much I talk. I always <laughs> ask. So yeah, why don't we start with this question of like, what does Scorpio add to what cancer first shows us? And I'll just kind of review and summarize at least in my process, working through the signs that what I think cancer shows us when it shows up as the first water sign as cardinal water and the introduction of the water element in zodiacal order is that everything is connected and that no matter what route we take, we'll arrive, we'll all arrive to the same home, to the same destination. And I always use that Ram Das quote, who's a, he's a cancer rising with exalted Jupiter and cancer in the first of we're all just walking each other home. That's like the phrase that I, I feel like really encapsulates the cancer priority that we're all on this same journey and the best thing we can do for each other is just make it a little more comfortable and nourish each other along the way. So all the water signs are this like background of connectivity, this like background realization of eternity in a way of, of connection and oneness and love. And cancer first shows us that, shows us that there is kind of like an emotional grid, uh, a memory structure of all things that are connected and all things that humanity has experienced. And so what is it that Scorpio adds? What depth does Scorpio add to that? Well, yeah. Just thinking, everything about cancer is like the grid or the foundation for water and for a home, our sense of home and sense of security, then Scorpio is like, you know, if you're standing within the grid, like Scorpio is the trap door opening beneath you and you end up like in the underbelly of the grid. And so you can see not just the structure, but you can see like the roots of the structure. You can see what, you know, what's in the cobwebs, what's in the soil, what's in the dirt and beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's, Scorpio adds this like underworld element to it. I mean, you asked about what depth does it bring? It brings the depth, the roundedness to it for mm-hmm. better or for worse. You know, thinking mm-hmm. about Scorpio as some a sign that enjoys digging deep, but you know, it's kind of like if you're if you're mining, if you're like digging into the earth, if you're just digging and digging and digging and you're not taking any of the dirt out and up, then you're basically just drowning in soil and dirt. You know, you can just Mm -hmm. like end up in this kind of wallowing kind of position with Scorpio. But Mm -hmm. if you're really using Scorpio to its full effect, it's about the going deep. It's about the excavation. It's about actually like pulling out the riches and the gems underneath and clearing out the stuff that is keeping you from getting to to that point. And hopefully like writing the way up yourself too, so that you can bring it to the light. Like Scorpio is not just a depth. Ideally, mm-hmm. 
the Martian element will help you move it forward into something like actionable and not just in this sense of like, oh, I'm drowning, <laughs> I'm in hell, <laughs> you know, or whatever it mm-hmm. is um, that you're moving through with Scorpio energy. It almost feels like Cancer is when you're inside of the matrix, looking at the matrix, and then Scorpio is the vantage point of the matrix from outside of the matrix. Mm-hmm. So one of these thoughts is like kind of formed and the other one is not at all. I'll start with the kind of formed one. So I was telling you before we recorded, and I've said this in other episodes of this series before, but when I got to the cancer part of, of this particular solar journey, I was like feeling a lot of like existentialism and heaviness around like, I just think so elementally my process with astrology, like it always boils down to the elements. And I was just having this like really intense moment of depression during cancer season. It's very cancerian of like, well, now we've been through all the elements. Why do we need to keep going? What's the point? That's the kind of heavy energy that cancer can give you is this very unimpressed sort of what's the point been here, done that I've already felt it all kind of energy. And as we transition to Leo, or even like, as I was asking myself that question of what's the point, like, why are we about to cycle through the elements again? We just did it all. We just, we've already experienced the elemental makeup of this existence. Why keep going? Leo's whole thing is the assertion of the will. So when we get to this second round of the sign or the second round of the elements through the signs, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio. So we're finishing up round two, which I think is very interesting and kind of speaks to the transmutational property of Scorpio that we're about to like do it all over again, starting with Sag for the final time. Um, But when we get to the second round, it's like, it's like we're bringing in a higher level of, of consciousness and awareness and intention to the elements because it's not our first rodeo. That's, I guess, how now that, that I've been through the whole second round, I think that's how I would sum it up. That like in Leo, Virgo, Libra, and Scorpio, we're bringing higher levels of intention and awareness to what is introduced in those first four iterations um, with Aries, Taurus, Gemini. And cancer. So it's like Scorpio is like not only the awareness of the matrix that cancer shows us and the awareness of the the web of eternal connection that's in the background all the time. But Scorpio is like, let me go into that. There's there's a way that I can assert my my will and my consciousness within this water realm, which I think speaks to kind of what you were talking about with it being ruled by Mars, you know, allows for like movements and and i don't know action within the realm of water Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that just like for the second set of elements like it's really about refinement which again is another perfect word for scorpio if you're thinking about scorpio dealing with the gems of the earth of the, the the depths of the earth and so and especially like I said, with Scorpio, like it has that extra need for the intensity, for the intimacy of like, okay, so we've done it. There's like this other element too of Scorpio, I think too, that is cautious and needs, it's like very sensitive and 
it maybe has some walls up around vulnerability. And so it needs a second go around in <laughs> its element so that it can feel safe enough to really go there too. Um, it needs that sense of security. It needs the security of cancer in order to, to go there. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to know what it's working with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't want to go mm-hmm. in blind. Mm-hmm. Not the first time around. Something that I used to say a lot when I would read for people with Scorpio placements and we were like kind of in process of helping them come to a clearer and more authentic connection to their Scorpio energy than the very surface level like pop astrology shit. I probably have mentioned this to you before, but just curious if this feels true to you and if you could speak to this at all. But there is this kind of we we do talk about Scorpio as like it's guarded and it tends to be private and very careful in a way about who gets to see it, who gets to see what's behind those walls, like who gets to access um, that that softness that actually is there, that vulnerability inside. And the way that I describe it sometimes is like, because Scorpio is so willing to look at the shit in a way that like no no other sign is like willing to quote, go there. You know, sometimes I'll say to these clients, like, you know, other people don't want to quote, go there, but you live there. Like you live in that area where shit's taboo and you're not supposed to say that at the dinner table type of shit. Like whether we're talking about, you know, depression or death or sex, like the taboo, you know, like that's Scorpio's realm. And so I have wondered aloud and uh, many times, is it that is Scorpio's like guardedness and tendency towards privacy is that a result of having learned very early on in life that, oh, I can't show this part of me to everybody because not everybody's ready for it or not everybody's comfortable with it. it? It just makes me wonder, like, is that guardedness maybe not super inherent to the Scorpio energy, but actually a result of the realization that not everyone can go here with me or not everybody wants to go here with me? Yeah, absolutely. That is that is how I describe Scorpio and like Scorpio children too. Like thinking of like I don't think that you can tell, and this is true for everyone, obviously. But I think, especially for for people who might feel uncomfortable with Scorpio energy or have certain um, stereotypes in their mind about Scorpio, it's really important to know that baby Scorpio is like some of the most innocent, loving kind of energy that there is. It's just like so sweet. There's just like this deep sweetness to Scorpio. And what I have found through my own personal experience and what I've seen in with other Scorpio Scorpios as well is like there is this moment when you realize that you are too much in life mm-hmm. and that people can't handle you or are uncomfortable or there, like as you said, there's certain things that you're not supposed to talk about, and that feeling of being like kind of shut down or told that you're too much is like because of the sweetness and the sensitivity of Scorpio. It's so painful and so uncomfortable and so disappointing. It's like this. It's a feeling. It's a. It can be a devastating feeling. That realization that like, oh wait, 
I'm here to like offer this aspect of myself and I'm offering it because I want to share intimacy and it's being denied. And so that's where that element of like shutting down, of having to close oneself off, of having to like move some of your emotions or feelings or desires to the shadow comes into play. And it's, yeah, it really does come, come from a place of like, I, I want to really go there with you. And that can be in like a really sweet way. That could be in a really kinky way, like whatever way, but like learning that that is not the reality, the like way of being, a way of living for other people is a very jarring thing for Scorpio. I think and that's like some really important origin story shit for <laughs> Scorpio, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's bringing up the polarity to me the Scorpio-Taurus polarity and thinking about how both Scorpio and Taurus in their own way are about connection. Mm-hmm. Scorpio through it being fixed water and being the sign that is the most dwelling and fixated in water's awareness of our spiritual connection to all things so you know in some ways you might say if water is the element that knows that we are all one and that we're all connected as fixed water does it know it better than any other sign like that's one of the things that kept coming through to me the Scorpio season was like this is the deepest love that there is is Mm -hmm. in Scorpio but we tend to associate love (laughs) much more with Taurus's ruler Venus Mm -hmm. so it's like love exists on both ends of this polarity but like just on completely different planes is kind of how it feels like Taurus love is earth ruled Venus so it's like it's like an exchange sorry mm, you know what I mean no yeah go ahead I, I didn't mean it's right. I don't really have that much more to say, but okay. Venus feels like an exchange just because it's, especially if you're thinking about Venus, not as currency in general. And so love mm-hmm. is more of a currency in, in that placement. But with Scorpio, love is just like this feeling that is part of everything, you know, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I teach Venus, I talk about, it is love and it is connection, but it's specifically connection through Venus being like our function of relating and Mm -hmm. Venus is, is how we understand the web of connection. Like I always think of a mind map where you would draw a word in the middle and then you draw words out from there that that word makes you think of, and then you keep going. That's how I understand Venus. It's like this, the web of connection, how does everything connect and relate? And so Venus ruled earth with Taurus it's like a sensual relating. It's like physical, tangible connection and relating mm-hmm. where Scorpio is the is so not tangible. And it's actually like, you know, it's Mars ruled. It's destructive by nature. But one of the ways I've been thinking about it lately is this is actually something this is I'm going to expand on something that my teacher years ago, J.P. Hawthorne at the Portland School of Astrology said that like has always been my anchor for understanding this polarity, which is that both signs are equally aware of the temporary finite nature of our physical life. 
And they're both responding to that truth in opposite ways. So Taurus is like, oh, I have a body. I'm not going to have a body forever. I need to fucking enjoy this body. And I need to enjoy this physical experience and sustain life. Like Taurus is, is fixed earth. It's springtime. It's the middle of spring. It's the most springy part of the year in the Northern hemisphere. It's all about like the lushness of the plants and um, you know, mating season and whatever. And then Scorpio is like, oh, I'm in a body, but it's temporary. Even when I die, even when all of this is over, it's not really over. And, and from that Scorpio sort of like embraces death and destruction because it's like, it doesn't like this Venus love is like minor league stuff. This Venus love is earthling love. My love is is beneath that it's the love that's supporting that it's the love that never ends even when your earthling love dies because of its fixation on that there is something eternal beyond this temporary life instead of embracing the temporary life the way that Taurus naturally does it's like let's go ahead and get to what's behind this like let's go ahead and disconnect this is where it's like ruled by Mars which is the force of separation among other things yeah And it's also interesting how, you know, that can sort of manifest itself in a different way. That awareness of things being temporary can also bring up for both Scorpio and Taurus can bring up this idea of like, oh, then I need to like control my environment and my experiences in some sort of way. And they both have that kind of stubborn element of like, I need to feel secure and in control in a very specific way. So when I think about the similarity I, I love your teacher's description of the two. I feel like it's very accurate, uh, very apt. And when I think about the Scorpio Taurus polarity, I think about this idea of like possession. Like Taurus deals with like material possession, possession of a body, experiencing the senses, possession of like stuff, of things. And then Scorpio is like just dealing with the whole idea of possession, like wanting to like claim ownership to feelings to relationships to people so like having the sense of like okay you're mine this is my thing and I'm I'm claiming it as other people's resources <laughs> you know like whatever mm-hmm. it is it's like here's this thing that I am it, I need to claim it so there's mm-hmm. like this double element of this need to claim and then ideally through this experience of learning like the futility of trying to control live a fulfilling life while trying to like control things like ideally you get to this place of like surrender like okay I'm willing to release and let this go I'm willing to be transformed in the process to change my relationship to control and possession and what I think security is in the end you know Mm -hmm. that's so helpful to me because you know the the I phrases that go with each sign Mm -hmm. I like kind of get have gotten on a surface level I have for Taurus and I desire for Scorpio, but they haven't felt, I haven't been able to connect those phrases to like my rooted understanding of the signs and your description just really helped me. Like I have, and I desire are both about possession. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about rulership for Scorpio as Mars ruled versus its opposite Taurus is Venus ruled. If we think of this as as an axis of love, I also think all the signs in their own way, all the polarities in their own way are an axis of love. But Venus gets to be, Taurus gets to be this like pleasant, joyful, daylight, sensual, alive love. 
And Scorpio's love is this malefic, dark, death-associated, nighttime love. My One of my patrons, Jennifer, so shout out Jennifer if you're listening, this was really helpful that you brought this up, was bringing up the experience of being such a watery person, but specifically the her difference in experience between being cancer water and Scorpio water the emulating the cancerian love is much more societally accepted than emulating Scorpio's version of love. And it's, it, I, I can't remember which one of us brought it up, but we just got into this conversation that, that really touched me about the difference between being moon ruled water versus bring Pisces into the equation, Jupiter ruled water versus Scorpio Mars ruled water. Like Jupiter is a benefic. So it is like benefic ruled water. It's like the goodness of the water or what we would call goodness. And the moon is not benefic, but it's like a a sweetie pie. And then Scorpio is like malefic ruled water. Literally the thing that just keeps coming up for me over and over again is this idea of like hell. I am not even referring to hell with any kind of sense of like judgment or like good or bad. All of us experience hell in one way or another in our lifetimes. And hell has some like benefits and some lessons and some things that we can all enjoy in hell. Um, So no judgment to hell. Mm. Um, I just like see it as this place, like it's water, it's hot. There's this like primordial kind of element to Scorpio that I think is very different from Cancer and Pisces even though we were just talking about how like cancer is like the starter Scorpio feels older and weirder for some reason. It feels like the ice caps melting and like some dormant alien energy emerging from it, like some bacteria Mm -hmm. that spreads around the globe Mm -hmm. um, as a result of us not caring for the planet and not giving our planet like the love that it needed. Like that's some very Scorpio shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm thinking about like, okay, all the water signs carry the potential to take us to some pretty existential places. Like, I don't think you're going to talk to people rooted in cancer or Pisces that haven't had their own fair share of of like experiences with like heavy depression and some trips to hell, you know, because Mm -hmm. water, water's behind the veil. And in our culture, there's not been a lot of space for that. You know, there's not been a lot of space for us to honor the parts of us that exist behind the veil. That's changing right now. But I'm thinking about how like, okay, all the water signs are, are what's behind the veil. But with cancer, it's like, let's go behind the veil, but let's make it soft and let's make it sweet. Right. And let's make it comfortable. Yeah. Let's get comfy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with Pisces, it's like, let's go behind the veil, but like, let's put some cute stickers on it and like also make it like meaningful. Like, you can play pretend a bit too. I think mm-hmm. Pisces plays pretend. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Like, let's go behind the veil, but let's, I don't know, there's this bigger picture perspective that Pisces has being at the end of the zodiac that's like, we're behind the veil, but we understand it's all the same. And so we can pretend to not be behind the veil, even though we're behind the veil. (laughs) And then with Scorpio, it's like, we're going to go behind the veil, but make it fierce. And like, we're dwelling with fixed, right? Fixed water. Like we're going to like go behind the veil to the hellish part of it. And we're going to 
intentionally hang out in hell for a minute. Mm -hmm. No, no sparkly stickers, no googly eyes. Like Pisces might want to throw some googly eyes on some shit. I'm, I'm thinking of a particular Pisces. They know who they are. And, and cancer's like, we'll go behind the veil, but like, I will make you a cake and I will like give you some warm things to put in your belly while you're here. And Scorpio's like, "Uh uh-uh, you're going to hell and you're just going to sit there and look at it. Well, yeah, that, and we're going to use hell as like a power source to like fuel whatever it is that we, we want to be doing to whatever we desire. I think the power part is really important thinking about how Scorpio deals with its element as well. Like this power as like a means to fulfill desire. You know? Mm-hmm. It, 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 to me, that's coming, coming back to this idea of like, water but with intention the way that the second round of the elements are like let's do it again with a little more intention now and it's also making me think about Scorpio specifically as the portal to the next third and the final third of the zodiac that it almost feels in some way like Aries through Cancer is like this 2D kind of experience like it's kind of like flat it's just like here's here's what is and then Leo through Scorpio is like the third dimension it's like let's add another dimension to this and the dimension is like our intention and our conscious awareness and our like maybe even like our free will in a way and then scorpio is like a, it's a portal it's going to take us to whatever's next which i don't know what it is ask me in a few days when we get to sag season but like it's like the end of it's the culmination of all of that intention like that's how I'm thinking about power as you're bringing up power is like the culmination of intention mm-hmm. I was also I was I was thinking about or seeing Scorpio like funneling that power towards Pisces and kind of grounding some element of water for the sake of Pisces to be able to like go explore and live in its dream world in its like fantasy world in the world that you know is not human um it's not reality it -hmm. gives it like that source of energy to like play because scorpio has a stability that it can fall back on Mm -hmm. yeah the stability is one word for it but just like the I don't know, the power, I'm seeing a broad-shouldered person when I'm saying this, you know, just like, all right, I got you, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. run and play, you know? Like, quite literally, I will be fixed so that you can be mutable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the tether to the water. Mm -hmm. Yep. Me saying tether made me think about one of the ways that, like, for for me, I didn't have revelations when I tripped the Scorpio season. I I did cry, which this was the second trip that I cried on, which you will not be surprised to hear the first was cancer. I already said that. So whatever. I had like full sob experiences on the cancer and Scorpio trips. But the like I just kept there were just these certain phrases that kept coming back to me on the Scorpio trip. And one of them, the first one was Scorpios where timelines go to die. And I kind of want to talk about that. But the one that was coming up for me just now, because I used the word tether was a love untethered to time. And I don't know that I have anything that I can really articulate about that. Let me see. Let me just sit with it for a second and see if anything comes through. Okay, so it's like, 
coming back to that idea of if, if Aries through cancer is this sort of just like flat, we don't have the, we don't have will or intention yet. Cancer is like, it's the love that comes to be out of this, like care. Once you realize that you're in a matrix, which is a lot of how I think about cancer now, you realize that you live in a matrix and that there's all these repeated patterns. Like I always think of fractals as being very cancerian now. It's like when you, when you see the full fractal for the first time and you realize that it's all just repeated fractals, there's like a, a reverence that you, that you begin to have for the process and, uh, you know, cancer is often associated with nostalgia and lineage and like remembering. And I think that's something cancer people are really good at doing is like b- reminding us all that we ought to have some reverence for what has happened in the past. And it, it also feels to me like that energy of like the parent watching the kid have to go through their own shit because they need to get there themselves. They need to feel the thing in order to learn the thing. The parent can't do it for them. So it's like love as all water signs are slash as all signs are, but it's like love that is contingent on time, contingent on this ability to like look back and remember. And there's something about Scorpio. It just feels like this background of love that's ever present that doesn't require nostalgia, that it doesn't need the journey like cancer does somehow. I don't know. It's not really connecting, but... Yeah. I might cut, I might cut that whole part out. <laughs> I can like this, I can feel in my body what I mean, but I'm having trouble putting it into words. I hear you. Such as water. So where timelines go to die is also a phrase that kept coming up for me. And that one like keeps coming up. I keep getting these like flashbacks and they've happened in dreams. They've happened just like in the middle of daydreams. They've happened just really randomly. I'm just getting like images of really specific things that I thought were inconsequential from earlier in my life. And I guess this was actually happening during cancer season too. So this is a water thing where we just, I'm just remembering things. It's like time and space disappear a little bit. And I'm briefly transported into different, different versions of me at different times in the past and different places in the past. It'll be like walking down a street, listening to my iPod in college, like that kind of thing. Like, I'll just get like a feeling and an image of being at a place I used to be. And I think part of why they're coming up this season is because there's residue from all these timelines that are ready to be cleared away. It's like, I'm, I'm carrying, there's too much in my, there's too much being given away in my body and in my sphere of awareness to versions of me that those trajectories have ended. Like that timeline has stopped, but yet they're still here. And it feels like part of what's happening this Scorpio season is like some of that shit's just melting away. Like some of those timelines are fully ending and I'm letting go of them so that more of my being can be channeled towards the trajectory I'm actually on and the timeline I'm actually on. So yeah, I don't know that phrase where timelines go to die. It just feels part of what the story is of Scorpio. Like now that shit's over. We're going somewhere else now. Yeah. Death is like a continual process and uh, it is for everyone, but um, I think more consciously for Scorpio. Because Scorpio doesn't have 
necessarily a problem with wrapping shit up. Like once, once it gets there, like it might take a little while, but once I'm ready for that breakup, the transition to happen, it's like done. It's done. It's a wrap. I've made the decision and I don't look back. There's not this sense of like regret or anything like that. It's like this very firm, full body, like I've made this transition and I'm literally, I've stepped through this portal and now I, I've, my perspective is renewed. I have a new path to go on. There's not a whole lot of consciously looking back and being like, oh, what could have been? It's like, no, it's done. <laughs> it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a priority. I feel like I keep trying to just come up with more profound ways to say it, but like really what it is, is that this is just where death happens. This is just where transmutation happens. And I, this was what, how it was coming through to me at the end of Libra season, like Libra, this Libra season was, it sucked. Like I was so irritated with Libra energy all Libra season. It was actually very medicinal to get to record with Katie and Jeanette at the end of it, because I was like, oh yeah, there are versions of this energy that feel like so soulful and medicinal to me, but (laughs) this season's Libra season was not that. And part (laughs) of what was so irritating about it was it just felt like we were all trapped on this like perpetual pendulum swing. And I think Libra can be like that. It can be like a little more of this. No, a little more of that. Okay. Now itch my right shoulder. Okay. Now itch my left shoulder. Now stand up now back down, you know, and we can get just like lost in this swing, trying to swing the same amount both ways, but like never being able to escape that duality. And Scorpio is like, okay, would you like to move on from this (laughs) swing? Like, would you like to turn it into something else? And so it's like, we're going to just, we're going to kill the scale. We're going to kill off the pendulum and we're just going to start over. That's what it feels like. Like the, the ability to get off the the pendulum swing, but through a death process. Like a kid just um, on a swing set and just jumping off the swings, just being, that's what I saw when you were talking, Mm -hmm. just like I'm flying through. Where are we going? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <I> land somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And it also like the last thing you were talking about also was kind of orienting me towards this comparison of, of Aries to Scorpio as they're like siblings is kind of how I think about it, you know, like Mar as, as Mars's signs, they're like, they answer to the same force. They answer to the same planet. You know, one way that I started thinking about Scorpio recently is like it is transmutation and it is composting and it is Phoenix rising from the ashes and it is death rebirth and it is compost. Did I say composting? Whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all of that. But it's also maybe more accurately, it's the potential for that because Mm -hmm. Scorpio, more than any other sign, has the staying power. That's how I've been thinking about it. It has the potential through for transmutation, for, for birth, new birth through death, for renewal through ending. It has the potential for it because it, it's willing to stay with the stuff more than any other sign. It's fixed water, like willing to stay with what's behind the veil, willing to stay with what's below the surface to see the process through. But it's like you mentioned earlier, it's not automatic. You know, like it's easy to get into Scorpio energy, whether you have it natally prominently or you're getting a transit or in Scorpio season, like South Node moving through Scorpio is about to happen. And so 
we're going to see a lot of shadow Scorpio because the South Node is like, let me make this shadow big so y'all can clear it. But like, it it's not like you can dwell and not engage in the death process and the transmutation. You can just sit in it. That's where resentment can show up. And like, um, there's a lot of other words there, but, but Scorpio has this staying power. Like it can carry you through it. It's Mars. So it can like do the thing, but it needs its, its skill set of staying with the thing long enough to do the thing. And I'm just thinking about how stark of a difference that is from the Mars experience in Aries that's extremely impatient, right? Like, and one thing that I talk about a lot of my, my experience of being in Aries is like, I have a very low tolerance for discomfort in any form, physical discomfort, relational discomfort. Like I, people say Aries is like courageous and bold. And I'm like, honestly, not really. It's just that I don't have the patience to deal with anything than what feels exactly correct for me. And so it looks like I'm out there being like, I'm so brave. I'm going to create the life I want, but it's really just like, I am a big baby and I cannot handle it when things do not feel correct for me. And so I'm going to as quickly and impulsively as possible move on to what feels better because I am i don't have patience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that just feels uh, it's so starkly different. Yeah, it is quite different. I think with Scorpio and being able to get itself out of the fixed, sometimes wallowing, resentful, vengeful, whatever kind of energy, like it needs to direct its desire towards its its desire, the, the element of desire has to be in a certain kind of position or perspective in order for the transformation or the change to take place. So going back to the relationship example, what I desired in that in that moment when I chose to stay in relationships that I knew weren't going to work, the desire that I had for stability and comfort and romance was stronger than the desire that I had for transformation and change and to be my own person. But as soon as like, that desire came into the picture and was like something for me to move towards that felt like a viable option for me to move towards then it's like immediate um Mm -hmm. that's like the really crucial element like so everybody has to have like a good reason in order to let that transformation happen otherwise it can tell whatever kind of old story it wants to over and over again about how it's hurt or uncomfortable and that will feel comfortable because like it gives it gives you somewhere to like kind of I don't know <laughs> I'm 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 uh, playing up or like kind of answering to some of the uh, misgivings people might have other signs might have about Scorpio but otherwise like yeah it can feel better to be in discomfort or in these like kind of power plays these kind of controlling plays because that feels like that'll actually get you the thing that you want, the kind of like security that you're looking for, the fulfillment of desire that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, you know, it, and- Yeah. And it feels too, like, if we think about Aries is only able to think about one thing, like that's it. Like there's no, there's no consideration except for exactly what am I experiencing right now? And do I want to keep experiencing it or not? Like, that's how I would boil down (laughs) the inner dialogue of Aries. 
it's this like hyper-focused, this is what I, whatever, I don't need to say it again, but Scorpio is like Mars that's seen some shit. We're eight signs in at this point and it's fixed water Mars. So it's like, you know, I talked a lot, we talked a lot on the Libra episode about Libra as this place where consideration happens. Like consider is such a good word for what Libra's doing, but Scorpio is doing a lot of considering as well. Like it's fixed water consideration. So it's literally considering everything that is in what it does. I'm just thinking about that from, you said Scorpio has to have a good reason to mm-hmm. act in the Martian way. You know, it's like Aries does not, Aries just needs the the inkling of a reason, a little discomfort and that's it. But Scorpio is like, I'm literally considering everything. So it's mm-hmm. not going to happen quickly. <laughs> no, it needs to be reminded often <laughs> or like taught often, like the why. Because Scorpio is, is, is exper- experiential, like it needs to, and that's an, the other thing that's interesting about the Scorpio Taurus polarity, like Scorpio needs to know what it's like. And that's one of the reasons also, if we're talking about some elements of Scorpio uh, stereotypes of why Scorpio creates like crises in order to like see if it can get itself out of it or just to like see what the fuck's gonna happen? I do that shit all the time. Something I know mm-hmm. might like, like if I'm in my van and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of at a weird angle. I should leave that thing there. I'll be like, mm, well, <laughs> let's just see what'll happen. <laughs> Cause I just mm-hmm. wanna see what's gonna happen. I do that over and over and over again. So many different elements of life. And it's just for better or worse, one of those funny Scorpio things. We just wanna see, let, let me see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's malefic ruled life. I feel like for sure <laughs> in a specifically Martian way, definitely. Another thing that I've been thinking about a lot that I hadn't connected to the Mars rulership before, but I'm kind of intrigued that it's coming through to me this way right now. But when I think about the circle of the Zodiac and that cycle, I think a lot of people think of Pisces as like death and the end, you know, but Mm. it actually feels to me like the time between Scorpio and Aries is the afterlife. That's how I've been thinking about it lately, because I always think of Aries as the birth moment. And Scorpio is death, right? So to me, Scorpio feels like the the portal to the underworld. And then when we're in the last four signs, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, it's like we're doing the elements now from the space of reflection, from this like less personal, more collective consciousness, let's make meaning, let's contextualize the life we just lived what's interesting to me in this moment is just thinking about Mars as the force of separation and Scorpio Mars is where we separate from life. And we move into that afterlife and Aries Mars is where we separate from behind the veil and we move back into our individual separate incarnations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that when I, and that's, that is a reasonable way to see, um, the last four signs and the sea Pisces. When I, and this might be the same thing, but when I feel into Pisces, it feels more like either in the womb or like the soul waiting for a moment of conceive so it can zap into the womb, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like not quite death or in a dying phase. It's like about to be born kind of phase. Yeah. And it knows it's about to be born. Yeah, it's like Aquarius, it's like Sag, Capricorn and Aquarius are like this process of contextualization and understanding what that was, that being life, 
And then Pisces is like, okay, you figured it out. Let's like melt you down into the stew of souls so that you can become nothing so that you can get ready to become something and do it all over again. Like Pisces is like the primordial stew of souls to me, which is like, you got to, you got to go there and like get melted down to pure energy before you can get repurposed. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about reincarnation to me lately, it's not like I, me has lived the same life. It's like this version of me is a collection of, a, of consciousness. Like, I don't think about it as like the same sect of consciousness necessarily is always doing it over and over. I think maybe that can happen, oh. but like, it, it feels like we all get mixed back together in Pisces mm-hmm. and then we get like pooped out in Aries. <laughs> That's interesting. That's not how I perceive it. When I think about Pisces, I feel like the I am of Aries is there already. It just hasn't left yet. Mm. That's how I perceive so it. is Scorpio to you where the place where we all get mixed back in together? Or does that not happen for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever really thought about us all getting mixed back in together. I don't, I don't, I think there's some element to me that perceives my soul story as being, um, there's something about us too strong willed to get back in the sauce like that. (laughs) But Mm. um, if for some reason, when you asked me that, my instinct was to say, no, that happens in Aquarius. And I, again, oh. this is this is the first time we've ever had this conversation. Well, that's interesting because Aquarius <laughs> as opposite Leo is like, that's where, that's literally the opposite of the ego. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I like I see that. Aquarius more. Mm-hmm. When I'm saying that, like, obviously I think as part of death, like one of the things you can play with as a soul is totally melt. Or actually, I mean, like, isn't that what Nirvana is? This idea of like going back right. to this source and going back right. to the sense of oneness. So right. I feel like there is this like kind of element of which we still, to a certain extent, retain whatever it is we are um, or, or have been in order f- for us to move back towards that sense of oneness, even though we never really leave it, even though mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. isn't real, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Is there anything that comes to mind when I ask you, what is the truth as Scorpio sees it? Or another way that I sometimes phrase it is like, what is the thing that Scorpio knows? Hmm. My current answer, I'll just offer it so you can respond if you want, is that there's an eternity behind this temporary physical existence. That's my version of what Scorpio knows right now. Mm -hmm. What's coming through for me in this particular moment, and I may have another answer for it on another day or even later today, (laughs) is this idea that all is worthy. That so, you know, that everything can exist without judgment in this in our universe and necessarily everything has to exist without judgment in this universe because the fundamental principle of existence is connection is love is the magnetizing force 
of love. And so anything that we may experience that feels dark or heavy or hellish, it is just as worthy, just as important and valuable as the things that we, you know, associate with, with goodness and with happiness um, and with joy. And so this idea that all of it needs to be together. And so when I'm in my mind's eye, when I'm seeing it, it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. It's like, <laughs> it's existence. I guess I'm just seeing existence. It's all like kind of mm-hmm. in this Shiva Lingam kind of thing where we're all like um, in this egg and it's all together and it's all perfect. Um, and everyone has what they need. And that includes the burning and because the burning and the fire is what helps us become born. So everything is worthy. Everything is valuable. Everything supports the next thing. And that's when Scorpio is at its most evolved, so to speak, when it's able to perceive the world without a sense of judgment and able to see the value in all things. That's the truth of Scorpio, I think. Mm. I feel like you're really speaking to Scorpio is the sign that follows Libra here. Like I kept, I realized recently that um, I get the justice and the judgment tarot cards mixed up. Like the I'll pull one and just kind of feel both of them in it. Mm. And I think that's, I think that speaks, like, I think Libra is like the intellectual awareness of karma and then Scorpio is like where we are able to transcend it. And it, it feels yeah. like justice and judgment are a part of a shared like part of that process. That's like what I was feeling into hearing you say that. Yeah. I mean, as I was um, saying that, I was thinking about judgment as the mm-hmm. tarot card um, because that was for me learning like that energy of that card was what was a completely life-changing aspect of my Mm -hmm. spiritual journey Mm -hmm. like that was everything like everything fell into place once I understood that and every everything Um, I see in life is through that view and that card I'm like so detached from tarot at the moment that's a Pluto card that's a Pluto real card yeah Mm -hmm. and are there any other cards associated with Scorpio death Okay, of course. Okay. And um, the Six of Cups. Interesting. That has a different vibe. Okay. I know. That's why. That's why. That's part of the reason. That's not. I was. That was not informing me when I was talking about it earlier. But it is. It does relate to what I was saying before about the sweetness of mm-hmm. Scorpio too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, okay, so justice to judgment, and thinking about ju- judgment the way that you just described it, and your really beautiful response to what's the truth of Scorpio, it's like. Do you know what samskara means? It's like a yogic term for. I've seen like, it, but I don't know what it is. It's like the little imprints of karma is how mm-hmm. I think about it. Like everything you do creates a little imprint. Um, and that's Libra to me. Libra is like, I'm record keeping the imprints. And then you get to Scorpio and you're like, we're going to go ahead and expunge. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to expunge the records. Like we're going to clear the records. Mm-hmm. There's no 
record keeping here. But I mean, but there is record keeping because it's yeah, water. Yeah, but it's like it's, but not it's like a way that you think rec- yeah. it's not adding up to like a sense of like being separated further into one kind of category or another. We're seeing like the use and all of it. We're going to use all of it somehow, whether it's compost, whether it's the gym that we hang up on the wall, it's going to get used. You can feel the Scorpios and echo of cancer here. I feel like in this where I, I keep thinking of cancer as like when you have to watch someone that you love go through something hard, but it doesn't really matter. You can't stop because it's their journey, you know, and they have to experience it. That's how I think about cancer. But can you make them a little more comfortable along the way? Scorpio mm-hmm. is like the next level of that. I can't connect it, but that's what's appearing to me as we talk about this, like expunging, expunge. It, it's judgment without judgment. It's almost like we need two different words for judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, Discernment. I don't know. That's yeah. One aspect of it but it doesn't tell the whole story judgment without duality (laughs) yeah i don't know well i love your answer to that just yeah just appreciating your ability to channel that energy so clearly i mentioned earlier that the nodes are about to move into this axis and the south node's kind of like the shitter of the zodiac, the anus of the zodiac. Judith Hill says the anus. And I said that to Jessa Reed the other day and she said, okay, it's the shitter. So now I like to use both of those. And it's <laughs> like, it's like we, we get constipated where the south node is. So like there's a big shit that needs to come out, but we have to feel the constipation of it first. And then eventually we drink a bunch of north node juice and it helps dislodge the constipated <laughs> south node energy so we can shit it out you know, so it's like what? <laughs> what this makes me think of a colonoscopy you know is what you're talking about. right okay and i do want do want to mention scorpio the part of the body that it rules is the genitals mm-hmm. and the reproductive organs um so relevant um it rules well libra is the butt but i think scorpio is probably the butthole so scorpio and south node are both the anus and they're about the two anuses are about to get together overlapping anus um sometimes my stage rising comes out um and so anyways we wherever the south node is we see the shadow of it really intensely especially at the beginning of the transit is, is how i've been experiencing the last few nodal transits and so we're about to get some massive shadow scorp all up in here for the purposes of flushing it out so that we can get into clearer right relationship with Scorpio's power and so I'm just wondering if you have a sense or if you want to say anything about what's coming up with this Taurus Scorpio nodal axis if you have any like prediction energetically or more tangibly of what we're looking at you know the main thing that's coming through right now and I love talking about the lunar nodes so I know there's going to be more that comes through for me later is this like it's going to be so important for folks to like learn how to be okay and comfortable with their shadows, to be comfortable with um, their desires, because all of it is going to be like really super fucking loud right now. And whatever kind of like resentment or discomfort you have with Scorpio energy, like it's, it's, it's going to get loud. (laughs) So just get this I mean, I want to say don't be afraid, (laughs) but just like be ready 
to face that and don't blame yourself. Don't blame other people for it. No Just judgment. know that it needs to come out. It needs to be seen. It needs to be recognized and acknowledged. And it needs to be harnessed in a very kind of, in a way that is in alignment with like your desires and your goals. Like I think more so and with this transit, like you're going to have to have a conscious sort of awareness of what you want to say yes to, what you want to like do next. And you don't have to have like, it all figured out like all the pieces in place and know every step of the way in fact that's not important at all you can ask your spirit for help like shit will align as it needs to but to have that sense of what your yes is is going to be vital um otherwise you're just going to keep getting your shit rocked and not know and then blame yourself blame other people blame the world blame the government blame all this stuff that is surface and so it's so important for you to listen to your your senses and your desires at the same time and know mm. which one is going to guide you towards what you want to become and what you actually value that's the other thing of too like what do you actually fucking value this is the stuff that like kind of this is the stuff that's really important like i think especially in a western culture and american culture is really easy to just go through life just like consuming and not having a sense of like oh what are my beliefs what do i actually value and are my is my life and my actions, are they in alignment with my values? I don't know if you're going to be able to keep getting away with it in the same way with this particular nodal transit. Like, you're going to have to know what you stand for to a certain extent. Or else, yeah, it's going to be a rocky ride. It's going to be a rocky ride either way, but at least mm -hmm. you'll be able to see the horizon. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, man, that feels so good to me. Like, I've been feeling like it's going to be good. Like, I know it's going to be mm -hmm. messy. I know there's going to be death. I think that's part of what's going to come up in the collective consciousness is death and our fear of death. And in order mm -hmm. for us to release some of that, we're going to have to experience more of it. So like, I feel pretty strongly, like there's some shit coming, instability, destruction, death. And so I, almost yeah, I think the last time this was happening was it 9-11 was the last time we had this uh uh it would have been like 18 access. years ago so almost like, not yeah it might have been right then yeah i can yeah. look back real quick and see no that was cancer capricorn oh that's well, interesting that's too though yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that worked but anyways what i was wanting to say is just like listening Sorry to, to you that's okay no you didn't interrupt i just was wanting to connect it back when i was listening to you talk about your nodal your kind of nodal feel on a more collective level and your advice for people. It was like, I was feeling so light in my body. My heart was opening so much. I was like, yes, let's go. I'm ready. And it's just, it's such a, a complexity that I'm holding because I, I feel like there is going to be a lot of grief and there is going to be a lot of darkness, but I, I'm like, let we're ready. You know, that's how it feels to me. Like, let, let's do it. Let's get through this storm so that we can feel it. so let's let it die you know right. for the sake exactly. of the rebirth yeah yeah i agree yeah it feels exciting like this is stuff that is like totally dying on the vine you know it's just like it's why you need to like prune your plants and like take care of like your like to mm -hmm. take the dying leaves off your plants so it can thrive like this is like of course i, I say this because this is the, the element i live in all the time but this is like the good stuff like this is where we really mm -hmm. get to like finally sweep this shit out and it's gonna feel like such a relief you know you yeah. just got off the shitter you know <laughs> it's gonna be great like, the level of love that is available to us 
once we allow ourselves to experience the depths is so much deeper and fuller. And I also just, I feel like I have to honorable mention the scorpion that I saw in my house, which (laughs) shout out to my scorpion friend who has transitioned. What I want to bring up, we've already mentioned this, whatever has been coming up for people since the first planet entered Scorpio this season, which was weeks ago. I don't can't remember who it was. Probably Mercury first. It was Mercury. Oh, Venus and then Mercury. Venus was a while back and then she she moved pretty quickly through. But basically since early mid-October and then especially this this November, like whatever has been coming up for you, whatever fears have been surfacing for you to face, like this is the stuff that you're invited to transmute over the next 18 months throughout 2022 and half of 2023 like this is the next chapter so you can you can really ground in what am i what am i in process with and what is desiring to be what what are the dead leaves that it's time to trim and what am i creating compost out of that it's already here for you like it's not a mystery you know it's present now and for me like I saw a scorpion in my house and I have really Scorpio is my 12th house like a lot became clear to me with Scorpio on the 12th house for me like I have had a handful of instances in my life where I've I've kind of descended into some pretty intense psychological fuckery around like creepy crawlers like years of my life spent with a really intense panic about bugs because I one time lived in an apartment with just a shit ton of massive house centipedes and it just like wrecked me. And so when I saw a scorpion in my house, it was like, I had this like choice. I could descend again, go through that same pattern of fear and like stop feeling comfortable in my house because holy shit, there can be scorpions in my house. (laughs) Or I can just like, what what I think I've been able to do is just surrender to it. It feels scary to me for, for some reason. It, it, it triggers all of my own obsessions and like fear of being out of control. But I have made the choice this last few weeks to just like surrender to it, to accept that I might see another scorpion in my house. It could happen compared to a lot of the, the dark things that we can experience when we're dealing with the 12th house or dealing with Scorpio's perspective. It's, it's feels kind of juvenile, but it just felt so symbolic of like, go ahead and go there. Go to like one of the best ways to work through our fears is just to go. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if that happens? What if that happens? What if that happens? And just like allow yourself to really process each of the what ifs and get to the point where, you know, if you keep going, the only possible place for you to get to is actually I'll be okay you know, it'll be okay. What if I die? That's okay. And that, yeah. And that's like, that's what Scorpio fucking knows. It's like, that's okay. That's part of it. Yeah. That's like, I've had that moment in other elements of my life that are related to anxiety. I was taking a class with our mutual friend, Alejandro Salinas, like a dream, a dream sleepover what was the name of his class dream dream yoga sleepover dream yoga sleepover um and i was having some anxiety about something and it was just so intense and so loud i had this feeling like i feel like i'm gonna die that's like what my brain was saying i feel like i'm gonna die and then like this message that i got in my dream that night was just like so die 
So die. Mm-hmm. Just fucking die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I guess I'll just die then. And I didn't physically die, obviously. I just was able to emerge on the other side of that wave and mm-hmm. recognize it and see it and know that like dying is birth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had a very, very similar experience at the beginning of COVID because my birthday is March 28th. And in 2020, when I turned 31, I was entering into an eighth house year and I knew it was coming. Eighth house is typically where we talk about death as far as the houses go. And I also knew my Mars was about to progress into my eighth house, like literally four days after my birthday. And so when it was hitting, I was like, okay, like I'm going to experience death, whether it's me or a close person, like I am for sure going to experience death in this pandemic. And it was like two weeks of just panic attack because of that. And, and, you know, we were all there a little bit because of the unknown and the like lack of you know, we'd never seen anything like this before in our lifetime, you know? So like everybody was living in fear to an extent, I think, especially at the beginning, but it was like, I just, I remember I I couldn't sleep. And every night I would get up like four times and take a hot bath because it would, it would just for a moment shock my nervous system into a different feeling. Um, And I like couldn't breathe for like two weeks. It was so bad. And then eventually what got me through it was literally me just being like, okay, I might die. Okay. I might lose someone. And that was like the only, the only pathway out was that. I think that describes a bit of what a universal shift that we're going to be invited to move through with this nodal axis. Um, Okay. Let's do the, the quickie casuals here and then we'll hop off. In honoring that everything is a spiral, what's coming up this Scorpio season? Like what's the Scorpio lesson that's resurfacing or surfacing for you now? Um, I don't know. It's, it is simply just like embracing death and embracing change. And I think especially after this current South Node and Sagittarius transit moving through my 12th house, really just thinking about how whatever subconscious or unconscious beliefs that I have and how they have affected the identity that I have created for myself. And so I really feel like on a collective scale for folks being able to recognize the beliefs that have held you back or just aren't working for you anymore, knowing how to let those things go, like really moving through the death and decay process, um, letting those things go so you can be, so you can live. I think that's part of what was so big about the Scorpio season. I think also, you know, we had Mercury retrograde as well and in Libra. I think that just like the way that we relate to each other too, the way that we communicate, like care, all that stuff has come to the forefront. And it's also like, how do we envision justice for our society? I don't really want to talk about this like at all, but like as of today's recording, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty, for example. And it's like, okay, we see the holes. We've we've had plenty of exposure to the holes and the flaws of 
our justice system? What do we expect from our justice system? And do we actually view that as justice? And if we don't, then what are the beliefs around this attachment that we need to let go of to help us create a system that is more equitable so that we're not just kind of like stuck in this like kind of navel gazing loop of outrage Mm-hmm. Instead, like how we're going to learn to let go and how to make something new, because clearly this isn't working and our outrage isn't working either. Outrage isn't enough. Outrage mm-hmm. is pretty shallow in the end. So how do we go deeper? How do we get realer? And how do we make it tangible? How do we make the change tangible? How do we make justice tangible? How do we facilitate the death process of the justice system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I, you know, I don't know. Yes, that is that's an interesting question. It'll be interesting to see if the collective is ready to even ask that question, to even go there, let alone try to answer. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. of us maybe, but it's going to be like the big question. There's going to be a lot of like grief and hard, hard realities that come with that. Like, what does it look like when a lot of us do move through the process of the death process with the justice system as is, but not everybody does that's what it feels like to me like we're seeing higher levels of divestment in our system justice at all every day from many but not from all some of us are moving through this death process and others are not yeah i don't don't know what that's gonna mean on a collective level right And it's interesting to see like if we're able to apply this not just to the obvious stuff like government, but also to how we relate to one another. It's like that tourmaline tweet. When we say abolish the cops, we also mean the cop in your head or your heart. I can't remember what the quote exactly is. Mm -hmm. We we need to have to learn how to like apply that to all aspects of how we live and relate to one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a bigger thing. I mean, we can talk about the government and justice system all day but when it comes to actually apply to how it shows up in our own particular communities that's a tougher thing too and also Mm -hmm. extremely necessary Mm -hmm. here's a lighter question maybe (laughs) maybe not (laughs) what's your favorite thing about being scorpio incarnate Mm. i love feeling things it's i i love and hate it there's sometimes when i really hate it but i also even if I don't always wield it, I feel that sense of like that power, that rumbling underneath the surface, that fire, water, and hell. And I really enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's really fun. I like playing with desire. I like being weird. I remember when I was in high school, this is like one of the sillier manifestations of this. You know, I was like goth kid. I wore like all black and like spiky bracelets and fishnets and collar boots and shit. And I had a good friend who had a friend and this girl would tell my friend, don't leave me alone with Aaliyah. I'm scared of her. (laughs) And I remember my friend told me that. And I thought it was so funny. I just thought it was so hilarious. Like, I love the idea of kind of freaking people out a little bit. You know, in the end, like, this girl and I, we ended up becoming very good friends. And we spent a lot of time alone together in the end. But I think that's also why I laughed so hard. Because I knew once she got to know me that, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It wouldn't be that scary. But that element of just, like, being able to intimidate it's so amusing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting this feeling of like, you know, the whole cancer is a crab because they're hard on the outside, soft on the inside. 
the Scorpio version of that is like the goth crab, you know, like the heavy <laughs> yeah, fucking totally. metal crab, like very fucking not not it's not even hard it's like we are goth on the outside but there's this like deep fucking love on the inside yeah that's what i love too just like the secret is that i'm just like such a fucking softy you know like and everything i do is like from this perspective of wanting to have like the most intimacy and most loving relationships that possibly can have that's the other element that i had just like this funny sort of mask that i wear that's hiding just this gooey center I love having that little secret and I love being able to share that love with, with the people that I trust, you know, it's it a special little there. secret. Yeah. It's, it's like a the, treat. It's like a delicious treat. I don't know if there's some sort of like candy that's like hard on the outside and like soft and great on the inside. That's what, mm. that's what I love about Scorpio. <laughs> I mean, a yeah. Tootsie Pop, I guess. <laughs> oh God. Terrible uh, candy. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to ask another question in, in response to that, because I hear that a lot from Scorpio people, like people are intimidated by me. You just shared it as like, it's nice. You kind of, it's silly to you and you like the experience of when people are able to get past that. But I wonder, like, I'm just curious to hear you speak to that dynamic more. What is it like to feel the way that people are like intimidated by or afraid of or put off by the power and the depth that is always present with Scorpio. What is it like to move through the world with that energy and observe how people can or cannot engage with it? Mm -hmm. Well, the feeling, it feels like power itself. It doesn't necessarily even have to be like power over somebody, but just like the sense of, of power. Though sometimes, you know, especially when I'm being less mature, get the, the feeling of the power over is what's amusing and enjoyable. But it's not, it doesn't always feel good. It can be pretty, sometimes it can feel hard to like feel understood because that's another thing that Scorpio really wants that really wants to be understood, even though it's allowing itself to be misunderstood and <laughs> often feels mis misunderstood. So there's like the amusement element and like the enjoyment of the power. And then there's also the sense of, well, why can't you like see that, that it's, the real me like why aren't you able to to get that why don't why aren't you oh here's the other thing why aren't you more curious why is this enough to put you off why aren't you asking more questions don't you want to go deeper that's the other kind of element that's part of it too where it's like well why aren't you willing to go there with me and so that can be off-putting or just like it can be like a sense of like feeling hurt but then like when there's people who are willing to go there who are willing to ask the question that's like the biggest treat ever <laughs> that's like the best feeling ever just someone willing to like get deep with you even if they don't do it in the same way someone who's willing to ask the questions who's willing to poke their head in to just see what it's like for a little bit and they can go back to their world and their perspective afterwards but that fearlessness is really amazing I think Scorpio lives for that in in its mm -hmm. relationships you know willingness to peek behind the surface Mm -hmm. aka scorpio's love of like murder mystery and like serial killer mm -hmm. shit and true crime i just I feel like so many thoughts about that stuff oh, I, uh, <laughs> I, you, you don't really relate to that huh i used to i used to really be into that stuff but but now you're like I, you got the real deal version of that <laughs> peeking behind the curtain yeah i just felt like i needed to honorable mention that because it's i guess it's kind of like the the normies route to scorpio <laughs> 
yeah energy. totally that's, that's the other element of it that's irritating it's just like okay everyone's into it now but like no like it's 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 maybe it only goes just, so far but know? maybe it's part maybe it's part of the process you know it is one of the things that my mentor michelle sinette says and likes to remind me is that evil is boring and that's something that i have to remind myself sometimes that evil is boring because sometimes i say i'm watching a tv show or a movie I might root for the villain because I like the way that they play with power. I think it's kind of interesting and it's different from like this holier than thou Marvel movie type of good guy thing, good guy, bad guy thing. Mm -hmm. But when you really get down to like how evil operates, like there's nothing that interesting about it. It's about taking more than its fair share. It's about subjugation. And in the end, what is really all that interesting about that? What, what is actually all that complex about that there's it's there's just a the, limit <laughs> evil is just the inverse of good and scorpio is not interested in inversion scorpio is interested in transmutation and so when it's not able to like actually like i don't know it does evil doesn't necessarily tell a story of connection which again which is what scorpio ultimately wants evil separates evil divides, evil holds power over people. And so, yeah, there's, it's, it gets boring after a while. There's, you can look into, into that energy for only so long before you see how bald and uninteresting it is. So that's also the other reason why I don't have much of an interest in like the murder mysteries or the true crime stuff anymore. There's no complexity. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've already answered this a hundred million times throughout, but is there a way that you'd like to sum up what is this sign's kind of like role in relationship in groups in the collective at this pretty pivotal time in our shared existence? Yeah, this like idea of being able to use everything and knowing what things are the things that we treasure and that we prize and that we want to like put on a pedestal. And knowing like what's like the trash that's around it that we can use as like compost or use to like grow what's to come next, but always finding a use for everything without judgment. And also to know like everybody dies, everybody poops, <laughs> everyone deals <laughs> with pain in some way. And to relegate pain and death to the shadows, like that's just another form of separation. That's that's what blocks you from being able to open to be open to the concept of oneness, of being able to love thy neighbor, whatever, however you want to frame it. I think there's an element of Scorpio that's about being able to recognize your enemy and not be able to see them as enemy anymore. Not necessarily even being like releasing the idea of even othering them, being mm. able to see like the roots of the threads that run between all of us mm -hmm. no matter how we embody what kind of action we take in this lifetime and so <laughs> that's that scorpio shit though so we're yeah. gonna be dealing with this already started like literally today again with the cow written house stuff but, like it's yeah. happening, like, right now like it's so good and it's like such a clear continuation from the south node moving through sag exactly okay this is my very aries question that i like to go out on what should people just let Scorpios do? What do you want people to get off your ass about? Mm, that's such a great question. I saw it on like the outline you sent me and I was like, damn, let me, let me love deeply and intensely 
look me in the eye when I want to like bring you into intimacy. Um, if I choose, if I choose to bring you into like intimacy with me, like don't look away to, to, to the extent, you know, to a consenting <laughs> extent, but like join me in this like flow, join me in desire, join me in love. And that's like not something that I want everyone to do all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just for some people, but like for the people that, that are on this journey with me, at least, and I guess more collectively what we could do for allow Scorpio to do, I think it's just to let Scorpio feel, let Scorpio dig let around. Them go there and let them be there. And let them be there. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to change it. You don't have to rationalize it or put a pretty bow on it. Just mm-hmm. let it happen. We're doing work over here. It's an ill mm-hmm. help. <laughs> it's helping mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is totally not connected, but when you said everybody poops, everybody dies, I just am like, I'm just going to start saying that all the time, but I think I'm going to also add everybody has a butthole. <laughs> just, just in case you missed it. I just wanted that on on the record. Everybody poops, everybody dies, everybody's got a butthole. Just fucking face it. That's good. Honestly, that's a good starter. If you're not ready for the other stuff yet, like picture everyone you know's butthole, you know? Picture everyone you know pooping. Picture everyone you know dying. There's your Scorpio starter pack. Yeah. The soundtrack to this is like Outcast song, Roses, you know. I know you like to think. I know you like to think your shit don't stink, but oh yeah, but whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Have that but, song in the background. Well, <laughs> I love it. Okay, is there anything left unsaid that you want to say? I feel like this was a very scorpionic exploration. I feel like I am complete in that regard in terms of Scorpio things. Yeah, thank you for helping Scorpio come alive. How can people, how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Aaliyah Walston or on my website, AaliyahWalston.com. You can book a one-to-one reading with me. You can also join my community, The Lovers on Coffee. And there's more things coming, teaching that will just be offered, you know, through my own website. I'm excited to be of service and a guide during this particular nodal transit, um, this upcoming nodal transit. And I'm really excited to like be a beacon for folks that need to understand this energy. So I'm here if you need it. <laughs> like you're offering hospice care, like, but yeah. not literal, mm-hmm. <laughs> metaphorical, yeah. spiritual hospice work, mm-hmm. doula shit. alchemical doula shit Mm -hmm. yeah all right i think we'll close on everybody poops everybody dies everybody has a butthole that's it (laughs) thanks girls thanks alia
But if you 